Hi, everybody. I have some exciting news. I am launching a Substack. I know. I keep telling you how I'm not a writer, and I'm still not a writer, but I am going to be writing about reading over on Substack. The Substack is called Unstacked, and you can find it at tracythomas.substack.com. There will be free options every Friday. There'll be a bunch of weekly roundups, announcements, all the shit I'm into. And then if you want to upgrade yourself to the paid subscription, I'm going to have author interviews, bonus episodes, anticipated reads, book pairings, community chats, all sorts of stuff. So, If that sounds like something you'd be into, go to tracythomas.substack.com and join Unstacked. And of course, I've got a special offer for you. If you go to tracythomas.substack.com slash the stacks 10, you get 10% off your first year membership of Unstacked. You have from now until April 4th to redeem. Again, that's tracythomas.substack.com slash the stacks 10 for 10% off Unstacked. Okay, that's enough. Let's listen to this episode. We're back. Another episode of The Stacks. I am your host, Tracy Thomas. Before we get started today, anybody, wherever you're listening, will you please make sure you're subscribed to this show? And if you're listening through iTunes, will you rate and review the show? It goes a long way. I know it seems like a silly thing, but it really helps us to get the word out to people. Um, Another way you can help us and support the show is by joining our Stacks Pack through Patreon. Patreon is a simple way for you to contribute to this podcast every month, and you get super cool exclusive rewards in return. Like you get to help pick upcoming book club picks, you get to help with special um, announcements and giveaways, and you get your name read on the air. So our most recent members to the Stacks Pack are Gordy McCrite, Christopher Ford, Kim Park, Claire Redigzuki, Reggie Bailey, and Kara Pierce. So thank you guys so much for joining the Stacks Pack. And to the rest of you, you can join the Stacks Pack whenever you're ready. So go to patreon.com slash the Stacks and join us and help us, you know, keep the lights on and keep making content that you love. Um, That's that. Okay, on to the episode. This week, our guest is Ross Azdorian. Ross is a video and film producer. And as of a few months ago, Ross is now also an author. Ross wrote his book, Broken Banana, Life, Love, and Sex Without a Penis. It's a story of that one time he broke his penis. So if you're listening with kids in the car, you may or may not want to continue. We are going to be discussing a little bit of PG-13 type stuff. In addition to talking about Ross's anatomy, we're also talking about uh, writing your first book, self-publishing, and kind of about that process and how it went for Ross. And then, of course, we're going to talk about books that Ross loves and doesn't love and all that bookish goodness. So let us know what you think of the episode. Send us a message on Facebook or Instagram. Follow us, all those places. We're here for you. And of course, don't forget, everything we talk about this week is in the show notes, so you don't have to write anything down. It's all there for you. All right, here it is, me and Ross talking books. All right, y'all, I am here with Ross as Dorian. He is the author of a brand new book called Broken Banana. He's also a video and film producer and director. He's worked with NBC, Red Bull, some indie films. So Ross, I'll let you do a little more 
intro of yourself. Sure. Well, hello, and it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for coming. Absolutely. I think that from a career point of view, it's been pretty nonlinear from broadcast to agency to freelance. Um, and I would say the the continuous thread has always been telling some sort of story, either of a company, of a brand, uh, of a person, or of myself through another vehicle. Awesome. And you're also kind of a funny guy. Uh, depending on who you ask. Yeah. Pro- I yuck. think you're funny. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Um, no, you're, he does like funny shit. Um, <laughs> anyways, so Ross wrote a book. It's called Broken Banana. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us just the title's a little provocative. So I'm just kind of curious, you know, sure. give us a little. <laughs> uh, well, the, the book is basically a comedic memoir about sexuality. And by that, I mean, it is the story of my life and why I am the way I am told through the time that I just so happened to break my penis. And what were you doing when you broke your penis? I was doing this thing called making love. Ooh, how romantic. It was very romantic. And, you know, I just, my claim to fame in this book and story is that I've known Ross for years and this happened to Ross and I got to see him when he was in some pain But more importantly, I got to talk to Ross when he was writing this book, and I begged for at least 20 minutes to be in the book. And guess what, people? There is a Tracy in the book. That's right. And and give the people a little description of what who Tracy is. I'm a babe nurse or something. I don't know what a babe. I'm a total babe. You're a foreign. uh, I'm Irish babe. I'm an Irish Irish nurse. Yeah. I read the paragraph like six times and sent everyone <laughs> I knew pictures. I was like, that's me. Tracy with an eye. Hello. That's the one. Boom. My husband's in the book twice. He's like two different things, which was fine. But I'm in the book once and that was enough. Well, because when I was recovering and I had a catheter in at uh, our best friend's wedding, he immediately identified that something was wrong besides my cover story, yeah. which I had shared with everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. He's a genius. Um, okay. So – this is what's interesting to me. I've known Ross for a very long time, and he has written a million bajillion things. We've done videos together, which I will post in the show notes. Um, but also, you just decided after this happened to you, you were going to write the book. So when did you know you were going to turn this experience into a book? Sure. I, I mean, I think that I had originally written it as a short screenplay because that's what I'm most familiar with. And you know, it kind of came to a point where... I just knew there was more story to tell. And I mean, we all have a story, I think, and we all have this this will to write and put it down on paper and almost create a book of history of ourselves. Um, and that was kind of like, when this happened, I was like, oh, this is my story. And this is the narrative. And, and to be completely honest in the book for the ups and the downs, um, I think was for me when I said, okay, this is gonna be my chance to create something that's truly mine, um, and and unfiltered encapsulate kind of my brain and my thought process so that forever and ever, amen, either people can know what went through my head or, you know, my great-grandchildren are like, Grandpa Ross is <laughs> filthy. Filthy. Um, but I, I think that's, you know, it's a really powerful thing to um, truly be honest with yourself and sit down and write down everything from your notes and you you're almost being a journalist with yourself. What was I thinking? Who was I texting? What were those texts? Um, how coherent was I? How embarrassing was it in these private communications? Mm-hmm. And to kind of put that down for better or worse and then 
you know, give yourself a self-reflection in something that is so intensely uh, private is, is almost refreshing to, to put that out there without the idea of someone else, you know, having to put on the mask of someone that's wealthier than you or has a job or as a boss, you're just being you. And I think that's, what's been the most freeing about it. And this was, that was the opportunity I saw. I was like, I I just, this is in me. I have to put this out there. Right. I love that. And in case you think that this book is all um, male genitalia jokes, there's also kind of a love story a little bit. And I won't give too much away, but I will say that I did read the book to see what character I was and also to read the book. But I read the book and I really liked it. And I generally don't like comedic things, period. Um, But I actually laughed out loud and I really found it to be poignant and that you were vulnerable in a way that I was really surprised about. And that I think was what was most refreshing about the book is a lot of times, you know, I think comedians try to be so funny the all show. the time be on all the time and yeah. it's like but you're also a person i know you have days where you're so embarrassed and your tails between your legs and i feel like you really nailed that and really painted pictures of people in your life that i didn't know that yeah. i was like oh i want to hang out with ross's mom <laughs> a little more like i need more of Shout her out. yeah um so you self-published this yeah yeah self-published all right, tell me about it. I want to know. I know there's so many people who listen and love reading and writing and want to be authors. So what's that like? Yeah, I mean, look, we're in an amazing time where you can publish a book and it is possible. And I think that, you know, every there's so many different differing opinions, differing different opinions. There you go. <laughs> Linguist. Uh, that that for me, the choice wasn't it was obvious, but I also had to do my research. And I think I learned so much. You know, you you look at it from a monetary point of view, from a personal point of view this to me was such a personal story the design was my design like and and having friends and talking to people about what they went through as both published and self-published I think that for me it made sense because I wanted control of the story and you know when you go with a publisher a the truth is it's going to be a nominal amount of money that you make Mm -hmm. um you know you'll you'll get an offer after you get a book agent and you you know you put your proposal together um you know but you're really not going to make much if you don't already have an audience. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, for anyone who wants to self-publish, A, you have to say, okay, am, am I ready to give up some of this creative control? Do I have this concept? And do I need that assistance from an editor point of view, from a design point of view, from a distribution point of view? Um, and, you know, I think looking back, yeah, it was a huge pain in my ass mm. to to learn all this stuff in it and I've sunk more money into the book, you know, than I had hoped for. But the truth is everything from formatting, you know, to to doing the audiobook, the Kindle version, the hard copy, where do you print? How are you shipping? Do you keep inventory? So it's all these things that that you think, you know, wow, writing the book is so hard. Writing the book was easy compared, compared. to that other stuff. <laughs> wow. Um but but truly it's you become closer to your work. You have a greater respect for other people who go through that. Um, and it's going through the trenches. And I think that, you know, because this book is a lot more personal, I really like that. I like that that's what came out of this. And sure, there are people, you know, some friends are like, well, you know, you should have gotten it. It's like, yeah, but then this book would have come out a year and a half later. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have the same insides. It wouldn't have the same outsides. 
And yeah, there'd probably be a couple less tense changes. But sure. like at the end of the day, that's not like you're reading to get the feeling. You're not reading, picking it apart, being like, ah, he didn't put a comma here. Oh, that's the like that's not sure. If you're an asshole, maybe that's what you're doing. Like, I, <laughs> or like an English major. Yeah, or whatever. And, and and to be fair, <laughs> I did that many times, and you know, I, I had two friends of mine that edited it and went over it, and I had a lot of. Other friends read it, and there were, there's always mistakes because when you're reading it, unless you have a line editor, right? And there's mm-hmm. a difference between a story editor and, and a line, line editor, yeah. which I didn't know. Um, you know, that's just something that you you've seen it so many times that you, like, how did I? I've read this book 17 times. How did I miss this right. huge typo? Right, right, um, of course. But you have to. Right. And do you now look at yourself or think about yourself differently now that you are a published? author of a book man every day i wake no um <laughs> look in the mirror look in the mirror with a, <laughs> with a twinkle I, I i equate it to getting a college degree right like i don't think that someone can point out oh this is here are the things that i learned in college and this is what it shows and this is how it surfaces in my life it, what it does is it shows that you took you know between two to four years or eight years and you accomplished something, mm-hmm. right? You, you you put out a goal and you accomplished it. And that's the kind of the way I look at the book. It almost feels like an out-of-body experience. But I look at it and I'm like, holy crap. Um, right. And as, you know, one of our best friends has, has said, as Josh said, he goes, he looks at it and he goes, I can't believe you wrote that many words and it wasn't for school. <laughs> you know? And, and I think that's that's the crazy part sure. is um, that it's there. It's done. It's there forever. And you know, unlike creating a video or stuff like that, like this, this is a, this is a timeless medium. And I, I truly like it. It's just like anything else. If you put your mind to it, you can do it. And you look sure. back and you forget how miserable at times it was mm. and how many times you wanted to give up and how many times you went to stress eat in the kitchen, Sure, you know? Um, so, so, you know, do I look at myself any differently? No, I think that I'm, I just am like, how did I do that? That was it, it almost doesn't feel like me. Right, right. You're still acclimating to the fact that you wrote a book. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, do you have any advice for anybody who's listening who maybe is thinking about writing their own story? I have a ton of advice. Okay, give me like one or two pieces. Yeah. I think that I'll the, put your social media yeah. if they want to reach out. <laughs> also, really quickly, just I'm just gonna say this. I'm gonna plug for Ross just in case he doesn't. This book is on Amazon. You can get it. I got it in like two days. It's not that like crazy Amazon shipping. I will also link to this book and every book in the show notes. So you can check it out. You can go straight there. I'll link for you. But you can get the book easily. So it's not just because he's self-published doesn't mean you have to like drive to Kentucky and then talk to like a small knoll or like, yeah. no, not a knoll, a troll. There a, we go. A knoll and a troll. A troll on a knoll. Anyways, what's your advice for people who are thinking about writing a book? I think that the biggest thing is to make an outline. Uh, start with the end because when you know where your story ends, it's a lot easier to see how to get there. Mm. So basically, you know, if you if you think of it in cue cards, like put all of the scenes of your story on note cards, and once you have that linear story, then you can rearrange them. And within that same note card, which you can treat as a scene or a chapter, go in and and just like fire off all the things in your head, whether it's a quote, the way that someone you know says something, the texture of a room, the color of a light. All these things are essentially the, the details that are going to trigger your memory to fill in the blank. And that will help you do what I call write a shitty book, 
Because mm. once you've written a <laughs> shitty book, you can make it good. Then you can go back and and repair all the things because you're breathing. You're like, okay, I know the structure. I see, and you can go back and and that weight is off your shoulder. Right. So basically, create the structure and write a shitty book. Start Be- writing. Start writing because that's the thing is that we you get this this concept of writer's block. Instead of and, and what I've learned is that, that the best writers just throw that out the window mm-hmm. and they say, listen, this is just going to be a structure and we're going to sit down and we're going to write and we're going to get through this and then we can go back and, right. and retool Fix everything. it and make it nice. Yeah. I love that. Taking care of your health isn't always easy, but it should be at least simple. That's why for the last three plus years, I have been drinking AG1 every day, no exceptions. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day, and it makes me feel nourished and strong enough to tackle whatever else might come my way. That's because each serving of AG1 delivers my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and a lot more. It's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. The nutritional insurance that AG1 provides has been vital to keeping me productive and focused. It helps me cover my bases in just about the time it takes to fill a glass of water, scoop in one scoop of AG1, and then drink it. So I don't know, 75 seconds? With the perfect mix of vitamins, probiotics, and nutrients from Whole Foods, I'm not stuck trying to assemble it all by myself, which would have considerably worse results. AG1 saves me all the time and hassle, and it has made such a difference in my overall mood and especially my gut health, among many other things. But don't take my word for it. Go ahead and try AG1. Let me know what you think. Whether you notice you're needing more nutrient support than you're used to, or you just need an edge for a tough workout, AG1 can be the ticket. If there's one product I had to recommend to elevate your health, it's AG1, and that's why I've partnered with them for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3, K2, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash the stacks. That's drinkag1.com slash the stacks. Check it out. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Okay, let's move on from that, and let's go to talk about how you read and what you like to read. So the first question, my favorite question, are what are two books that you love? Two books that I love. One is The Last Lecture, Ooh. and the other is Steal Like an Artist. Okay, and what is, what is it about them that make you excited? 
Man, the last lecture is just such a great life book. I, I've, I've, For people who don't know, just tell them like a sure, gist. sure, sure. So the last lecture is about a guy um, who find he's a professor who finds out that he's getting he's got terminal uh, terminal illness, and so this series is basically instead of teaching the curriculum of the class, I'm getting chills talking about it. Mm. Uh, he basically goes through and teaches this class all of the lessons that he's learned through his life. And it's a small book. It's a very it's small really book, small but it is it's just powerful. so amazing. Yeah, that's a great one. And what was your second one? Uh, Steal Like an Artist. Okay. And that's a pretty it's, – it's barely a read, and it basically goes through how the history of art and repurposing, defining, you know – uh, influence versus stealing versus people's outlooks. Um, and, and especially it almost seems more relevant today than when it was published just because of the repurposing of memes and, and beats and how everything feel, feels like originality is such a tough thing right. to acquire. Um, but it basically says that no matter what, the big takeaway is you cannot, you cannot create an exact copy. Right. So no matter what, even if you're ripping someone, you're still you're, not yeah. – you're still creating your own. Well, that's kind of like if you think about like tweets, like there's some really amazing tweets that are hilarious that I love that are actually just responses to someone yep. else's tweet. Yep. Like you took this tweet, you retweeted it, and then you just were like, bruh. Oh, yeah. And I was like, this is the like, most genius bruh ever. <laughs> um, okay. What's a book that you hate? Uh, the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People <laughs> Drive Me Nuts. Okay. <laughs> why i just feel like that's the book that everyone has but like you didn't even need to that seems like an article to me what is it it's like drink water or something <laughs> I, I like go to bed early yeah i mean it's 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 not that it's a i should preface it by saying when it came out it was much more kind of a big deal but now that people are still kind of i'm just like ah, maybe it just irks me because i i just sound so clickbaity even sure. though it was a book sure. might have been like the original clickbait book right sure but that just, makes sense it's not that it's a bad book i just like oh gosh it yeah just annoys me well people always freak out they don't want to say a book they hate it's not a book that you hate it's just like a book that you it's not a book that's bad yeah. it's a book that you were it's like, not a bad no book it's you. got good stuff sure lovely if you like the book it's fine but like not for ross not me um okay what's the last great book you read the last truly great book i read is called operation nemesis okay tell me about it operation nemesis and obviously a little more personal is about the uh retaliation of the armenian genocide okay. and it goes through basically after world war one um what the armenian patriots did all basically they, they carried out all these assassination plots for the turkish like the basically the autoturks that had ordered the armenian genocide um and, and the assyrians and, and i mean it's it's an insanely like well-written story uh by eric bogosian who's also an actor okay. uh, and a playwright and it, it's part history but it's again just incredulous the way that they carried out without money without technology um and and details when the basically this they wanted to murder the head Turk in broad daylight in germany mm. to put hit put, to put the story on trial and because of the germans role and and basically them turning an eye this guy got acquitted for shooting this guy killing him literally in the middle of the street with everyone looking wow. like within no time because wow. they didn't want to face the the prosecution that would then of course unearth all of the war crimes during world war 1 wow that sounds really uh, it's, good. it's amazing sounds really good is it a long book um no probably oh. like a probably like a 320 sure. 
Re- regular, regular, a regular normal size book. Sure, average. Um, okay, what are you currently reading? Uh, I have just picked up a book called The Trauma Cleaner. Okay. And Wait, I've heard of this. I've yes. heard of this. Yes, and uh, and it is a friend of mine. She also just won a huge uh, prize in Australia. It just came out in America, and it's basically about this woman who cleans uh, these apartments and crafts all these stories uh, of wealthy people. Well, it's and- like deep cleans, right? Deep cleans. It's like when something bad happens. Well, think about, you know, like if someone's a cleaner in a house, they're seeing what pills you take. They're sure. seeing all of the little nuances, you know, whether it's notes or, you know, whatever it is. Like, what's in your, what kind of cereal I'm saying, what's in, what's in your stuff. Yeah. Oh my God, that sounds so good. Yeah. Um, okay, what's a book that you're maybe looking forward to reading? Yeah, I'm looking forward to reading this book uh, called Sapiens, which is basically the history of mankind. Yeah. And then the follow-up to that, which is Homo Deus, which is the history of tomorrow. Okay, yes. And those both, I think one of those books was nominated for like a was shortlisted for Pulitzer or something. I think, I think Sapiens was. Yeah. Um, how do you pick your next book? I just look on my friend's bookshelves and then ask <laughs> to borrow those books. <laughs> <laughs> little thievery kind of. um okay well what's a book that you like to g- give back to your friends in return something you like to recommend to them um i a lot of people have read it but like i think that outliers is a great oh, it's such a great so book good. and I, it's one of those ones that people know about but i think not everyone has actually read mm-hmm. and it also gets just lost in the sea of malcolm gladwell books because they yeah. all look the same you're like oh i think i read I that. that one well i say that i've read all of malcolm gladwell but i actually realized i don't think i ever read the tipping mm. point Ooh, that, that was like the, that's the I first that was the, that was the first yeah. that was the but i've read point. outliers and i've read blink and i've read what the dog saw and i don't remember so i, I and i own it so I, that's why I think I read it, but I don't think I did. <laughs> Close. I don't know. Um, what's the best book you've ever received as a gift? Uh, the uh, Jim Henson's biography. Ooh. Yeah. It's a, I mean, he's just an amazing character. And it, it, as, as a younger Muppet fan, mm-hmm. it was just cool to, to read the story of this incredibly creative, generous you know, guy who was able to kind of take, his, take what was in his head and, and create – not only something that was incredibly artistic, but also just gifted the world this incredible community and mm. obviously then, you know, led into the film and everything. I mean, it was, it's just, it, and, and there's just so much to him. That's so cool. Yeah. I would never think of him like that. I mean, obviously he's creative, but I would never think that I'd want to read a book about him. Of course. Him. Um, are there any genres that you love or that you maybe are super not into? Um, I, I tend to like biographies and just uh just like stories of like real life stories, like what, yeah. what people go through. Um, also just deep dives into psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I try to read philosophy, but it's really hard mm. to like read that like more than once a year or ever or ever. If you're me, um, how do you read ebook, uh, whatever Kindle thing? Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I've, I've kind of, it just depends. I think that, um, audiobooks are great if you, have if like a, a performance is such a big thing mm. so if you ha- if you found someone who like reads really well mm-hmm. i also like when authors read the books i love when authors read that's the books. that's almost like a a must for me unless it's fiction yes correct if the author reads a book and it's fiction sometimes i'm like they don't usually line up yeah 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 um but generally i mean i'm, I'm a paperback guy okay is there any audiobook that sticks out in your head as one that you really love besides your own Ooh, um, <laughs> no, that's on yeah, the spot. Yeah, there's a book called um, the uh, something about the lobster. It's like a feel for the lobster. I can look it up. We'll come, I'll come up with it. I'll yeah. find it for you. Um, okay, where do you read? Or consider what's the lobster. Oh, consider the lobster. Consider sure, the lobster. Sure. 
And that was a good audiobook. That was a good audio. So you could get that on Audible at www.audibletrial.com <laughs> slash the sacks. Cool. Boom. Instead of the lobster. Um, okay. Where do you read or like what's your ideal reading setup? I am a big uh, sunlight reader. Okay. I don't like to read uh, under like uh, fluorescent lights or like, mm-hmm. you know, those weird color temperatures. I like reading when there's daylight. Okay. So mornings, you know, wherever that is. Interesting. So you don't read before bed. No, I'll fall asleep. Okay. That's how I fall asleep. 100%. Um, okay. What was the last book that made you laugh? Bossy Pants. Oh, really? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my. I hated it. Really? I don't like comedy books. You don't like comedies. I laughed at your book, and I laughed like a few times at other books, but I was like, ugh, goodbye. It's really hard to, it's like, A, it's really hard to like make someone laugh. Especially when you're reading. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, okay. But people love that book. It's a great book. love her. Yeah. And the cover is fantastic. Yeah. Um, what's the last book that made you cry? This was a book. It's a war book called As You Were, and it's uh, to war and back with the Black Hawk Battalion. Okay. And it was just, I mean, I think this was also, you know, like two, it was, you know, earlier, like 2009, mm-hmm. 2010. Um, I think when the, like, war felt a lot more tangible, we were mm-hmm. going through a lot of change, you know, with Obama coming in. And I think that just like, it, it, Again, you you get so desensitized because, mm-hmm. especially with with war, even film and VR, like you know, you feel like you're there, but you don't really sit with yourself mm-hmm. because you're almost a passive observer. When I read about it, and when I read these personal stories, that totally changed. I think what I the way that I perceived the personal experience in war. Sure, that sounds great. Um, what was the last book that made you angry? This would also be Operation Nemesis. Oh, okay. <laughs> because that okay. was the genocide okay. book. Got it. Got it. Um, what's a book where you feel like you learned a lot? Uh, going back to Malcolm Gladwell, I think like Blink really. Ooh, uh, yeah. I think Blink was a great, it was a great, it was a great book. Like That's the one where it's like in seven seconds, you know. Yeah. And, the, you know, and it's just like pr- uh, priming, you know, your brain and like uh, the idea of doing Less often means that you know more. Sure. Just a really, just the way that was framed the in the studies. The way he thinks. You know, he has a podcast. Have you ever listened to yeah, it? Yeah, Revisionist yeah. History? Yeah. It's so incredibly it's good. It's so good. Oh, my God. Um, okay, what's a book that you're embarrassed to have read? Um, <laughs> I read uh, Mindy <laughs> Kaling's Is Everyone Hanging Out Without Me? Okay. I, just, I thought it was a great book, but it, it feels weird to hold that book up. Sure, why as, not? As you as just a, said bossy pants. Yeah. It's like right the same same world. Yeah, kind of in the same world. I haven't read it. So yeah, like, but you know, like Mindy's just more of like a yeah. Hey guys, I saw her walking down the street the other day, and I like got like, oh, there she is. Yeah, because <laughs> she could be your buddy. Yeah, she's so cool. Um, okay, what's a book that you feel embarrassed to have never read? I have never read Catcher in the Rye. <gasps> oh, consider yourself lucky. Really? Oh my god, I hate that book. Really? Yeah, no thanks. I think if you read it, if you're a young man and yeah. you read it when you're like 16, you feel it, it might change your whole life forever. Mm. I read it when I was like 25 <laughs> and I'm a, I'm a black girl. And I was like, what? Uh, Who cares? I was like, all right, bye, bye. Holden. Like, get your life, boo. Goodbye. But it's really polarizing. I think, so I think some books are meant to be read at certain points in your life, yeah. especially like classics. And I feel like that book is like, if you read it when you're 16, you're going to be like, yo, yo, angst. And if you read it when you're 30, you're going to be like, kid, it this? gets better. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's super short. You could read it quick. Yeah. Um, what's a favorite book from your childhood? Um, I would have to say the perks of being a wallflower. 
Oh, that was a movie too. That was a movie. I mean, that's I mean, like everyone who reads a movie. I mean, it's like the but that book at the time, I just you know you. I don't know. As like a, you identify with him. Like, sure. oh, if you're like a the nerd in the corner that like has these feelings yeah. and identifies with music, like that to me, I was like, oh man, like I feel this. I feel this. This yeah. is like a. It's almost like a comforting book. Well, that kind of leads me into my next question. What's a book where you saw yourself reflected back? Um, uh, Steve Martin's biography is called Born Standing Up. Mm-hmm. It's a great book, and it. it I don't. It's hard because I think that what I saw reflected was his desire to create but also satisfy the mainstream of being a comedian and an entertainer. Mm. But his his almost disdain for the fact that what that does is that, you know, you won't, the audience only wants to see the same thing. And as an artist, you want to keep creating new Do stuff. New stuff. Yeah. And I, I thought that the way that – I mean he's brilliant. Like he's a mm-hmm. brilliant writer and a brilliant comedian and so intelligent. Um, and it was really cool to to see like the struggles of – and, and what, what I saw identifying personally was like this, this divide between creating for a living so, – so creating what you think the people want and feeding that system versus veering off and trying something new. Sure. You know, and as someone who struggles to find the proper medium to get the thing out, right. whether that's a book or a film or a performance, um, I, got, I was like, oh, man, like, I'm glad that it's not just it's not like, oh, if you found success and everything's happy. You right. Know? And I thought that was and, and just obviously him as a person is amazing. That's so cool. Um, OK, what is a book that you've read that you thought maybe like this would be a really good movie or TV show or something? Um. The, I, I, I think they've actually done a derivative of this, but there's a book called Lamb, the Gospel According to Biff, mm, mm-hmm. which is like the story mm-hmm. of like Jesus's brother or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that'd be a really funny if they were to, to to make it. It'd be hard because it's again, it does it would have like some subversive Christian mm. content, mm-hmm. and, and it would feel a little sat- too satirical. I see, but I think that if someone were to write that really like well and and able to pay homage mm-hmm. but still do the jokes yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, i think it would be a really funny film i love that okay this is my favorite question that i stole from new york times um because they're smart over there if you could require the president to read one book what would it be i mean i just had to put in i like the first thing that comes to mind for me it would be tuesdays with maury because sure. that's just like Again, it's just a human story, and and I don't. I mean, again, you can go so many different directions with this question, but this is like the ultimate. I mean, I would almost be like the Little Prince, sure, right? Because I feel like right. it'd be more at reading level, sure. But you know, <laughs> it, it would be a sure. it would be a toss up. Sure, that's so good. Okay, so this is um, the diversified books portion. I started this little hashtag um, to get people thinking about books that they maybe aren't seeing or um, aren't getting all the buzz um, of you know the more popular Oprah book club or Reese Witherspoon book club or whatever it is, the ones that aren't facing out at the bookstore. So I'm just going to go ahead and ask you these questions, and it can just be quick response. Yeah. Um, what's a book you love from before social media times? I'm going to give you a repeat and say Tuesdays with Maury. Love. Um, a book you love by a person of a different ethnicity from you uh would be this is how you lose her by i want to say juno diaz sure we'll go with it um a book you're looking forward to reading by or about people of color Mm. uh why i'm no longer talking to white people about race okay a book you love that you rarely hear people talk about uh it's a book called the power of negative thinking 
Ooh. Yeah. Okay, and a book you loved from a genre you don't normally read, and then whatever that genre is. Uh, it would be Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. What is the genre? That, I mean, that's kind of like, like fantasy. Yeah. Okay. And I don't really ever read that stuff. And you liked it. I loved it. I've never read it. Amazing. Okay. Anything else you want to add about reading or anything, your book, anything like that? Get it on Audible. Get it on Audible. Get it on Audible. Um, so Ross and I will be back next week. We're going to be discussing um, Charles Duhigg's book, The Power of Habit, Why We Do What We Do in Life and Business. So we're going to be doing a little dive into that. That will be um, that first Wednesday in July. So uh, we will be back next week. Thank you so much, Ross. Thank you. All right, that does it for us this week on The Stacks. Thank you to our guest, Ross Asdorian. He will be back next week as we discuss The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. Also want to remind you to rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, you can become a member of The Stacks Pack by going to patreon.com slash The Stacks and contributing to the work that we do here. It is so greatly appreciated. Our graphic designer here at The Stacks is Robin McCright. Our theme music comes from Tagiragis, and this show was created and produced by me, Tracy Thomas. See you all in The Stacks. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, Use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.